When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is the Thursday Lori and Julian show on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Fair amount of sunshine out there. An opening day for the Twins. A little bit better than had uh, predicted. Uh, first pitch should be coming up any moment now. 39 degrees out of the ballpark. So that's not. Not awful. the record? No, no, no. Tomorrow and the next day, different story. So we'll have to see what happens All there. Right, uh, oh, let's uh, quickly congratulate uh, today's winner of an Amazon Echo spot. That is Diane Roche of Minneapolis. Congratulations Woo-hoo, to Diane. Diane. We've got a lot more of those to give away. The very cool Amazon Echo spot. If you want to have a chance to win one, Download or update the MyTalk app, and it's the new MyTalk app. Very, very cool. Easy to use. Register with listener rewards and uh, enter the contest, and we might be picking your name and reading it tomorrow. My mom is hoping hoping you're going to pick her name. I I know. I was helping people at Crutchfield Dermatology today download the app. Yeah. Because um, I said you can win an Amazon Echo Spot. We're giving away Monday through Friday for the entire month of April. Yeah, that's And I just thought this is such a great thing. And then I was trying to show them how to go back and listen to your um, man mate, man mermaid story. And Burnside story. Basically that story. The horribly embarrassing story, one of only three. I haven't outed myself on yeah. that. I'm down to two. Oh, yeah. But Damn I was it. laughing so hard. That app is so easy and we're not app people. No, we're so, not. I mean, we're this not. is not That's our first I could even help people. And if you, sometimes when you search your app store and you just put in mytalk1071.com or 1071, add entertainment because yeah. I noticed it wasn't popping up on yeah. one of them. So I put in entertainment. Remember when I was convinced that your phone came with the apps on oh, it yeah. and you didn't have to do any? And I was right. just very insistent that yeah, I wasn't going to do know. that, that my phone had all the apps. Yeah. yeah. You didn't. Well, well I the don't Android know does come with a lot already. Yes, it does. So does an iPhone. Does. Yes. Yeah, I know, but it is. I don't think like an iPhone. I think like an Android. Phone. And you don't think like a computer either, because she's buying <laughs> no, some please. tickets today, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, where'd it go? It's nowhere. It's nowhere." I'm like, "You really More are." computers. I know. I know. I know it. All right, we saw newsies last night. Yes, day. we did yeah, okay. at Chanhassen. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I I haven't uh, been there for a show in a in a long, long time. Even though they invite us, of course, all the time. But right, the food was so good. The service was amazing. The show was excellent. The girls that were into newsies when they were in junior high school were so excited. We're singing along and conducting, Donnie. You're conducting. They, the they were just sort of conducting. The they knew all the words, and you know, oh, Broadway. Really? You know, it kind of musicals always have a 
a cadence, you know, the singing yes, reaches yes. big and then Broadway it goes down. music does. Yes. yes, and so they were using their hands for oh, emphasis. It was just, it was, it was fun. That place is a delight. Well, and you're so close. Yeah. You know, you feel seat. like you're on stage during, I, I just, it was such a fun, high energy yes. show. I never knew, we didn't know what it was about. We nope. had, had a couple no cast members here and, um, really fun. Boy, the lead's voice, Alex, uh, voice who played Jack Kelly. Oh he my. was amazing. He really, well, they all were really good. Were. I just thought it was so fun. And Todd Peterson is in yes. it. Donnie. Oh, is he? Todd, yes. our mentor yes. from Project wow. Down and Dirty, the what, musical. What, what, what does he, he play? He just plays, he plays a minor sets. part. Yeah. He plays like a, Older guy who's in this circle of trust of Pulitzer. Oh, okay. as the newsies are going on oh, he's strike. He's so talented. Yeah. yeah, he's so so good. And they also are celebrating <clears throat> their fiftieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's a fun one, people. It is okay. I figured out what is going on. Why I have a bad shoulder, a crick in my neck. You know, I've been kind of. You've noticed that. Right. Yeah. Um. Every day she comes in here oh, with joy in my neck. I got to go heat up ice. I need to heat up a beanie. I've got my bio freeze. What's wrong with my neck? I've got to do that. Okay. What is it's the inversion table? No. <laughs> I've known that I, this was the culprit, but I didn't want to do anything about it because I'm very fond of the situation. But the situation is this. Casey, your brother, loves to snuggle up and get as close as as possible in the middle of the night. No, but I mean, like getting his nose around my neck. He wants to smell me. I don't know what's going on, but like really close. So I'm kind of laying in bed like a paddle with my one shoulder up to... Trying to stay on the bed. Stay on the bed and and, and stay sleeping on my back as I sleep on my back. And I... And I have noticed the last few weeks, I'm like, he really is over, he really gets closer as the night goes on. The closer to morning we come, the more... You're going to fall I, out of bed. I, I know. And Donnie, I'm going to have to build a pillow wall. I'm going to have... I have an idea. Well, your again, bed, I would get a bigger bed. I'm going to get... No, we that bed Yeah, is, okay. I'm going to get a body pillow so I can have build a pillow wall to keep Casey... From coming and snuggling over and smelling Do you really think me. that's going to work? Well, it'll be building, an obstacle. It's like a fort. I'm building, I'm building a, a wall, wall in Trump's my bed. Trump's trying to build his wall in Mexico. You're, I've got to build a wall in my bed. Bu- you're building Maybe the pillow wall. I'm building. I'm curious. So you have to get a big, long body pillow. Yes. And, and, and it doesn't help that he insists on falling asleep. With 17 things on. That's right. His, his reader glasses, his cataract glasses, these big, huge Aristotle Onassis uh, things that are really quite hot. His Kindle. His Kindle. And he's just over by me. And then at some point, the glasses come off and the Kindle, and it's all scrunched around my head. And then he's real close to me, smelling me in the crook of my neck. And when I get up to take the 3 a.m. pee, which is just always a happening in my life and many people's life i come back to bed and he's i can see he's clearly on your side of the bed invading my space and and there's no way to move him over because by 3 a.m his sleeping pill could be wearing off (laughs) i don't dare wake him up what about going and getting in on the other side of the bed well why haven't i thought of that you don't even need a pillow you just go get in on the other side of the bed 
Problem solved. Jeez, Why I'm didn't so I smart. talk to you about I this a, a long time ago? And I need your help. Because he looks so cute. His sleeping face is just, I want to bite it, quite frankly. But does it feel weird if you sleep on the other side of the Donnie, bed? Donnie, I can I sleep anywhere. She, okay. Trust me. Except anywhere. I can't sleep like a paddle anymore in my bed. and like, just like, like paddle. Because I've got my leg over the other one, my armish. Well, you're worried about falling off, too, subconsciously. Yes, yeah. So yes, you're going to stress out that side of your body trying to stay. Yes. on the bed because your bed is like the princess in the pea. Yeah. It, you have to do a running jump. I would have to do a running jump to Casey get into that bed. does do a running jump. I know he does. <laughs> because it's so high. It's, high, yeah. it's a really high bed. Oh. oh, so there you go. There you go. Okay. I wish I'd brought up Boy. this. I still am going to get my pillow wall. Yeah. Okay. Just for safekeeping. Safekeeping for a, a body, but you're going to have to like spray Oudelori on it or something, you know, I, so he loves the smell of it I, so he doesn't miss you so much. I know. Jeez Louise. Anyway. All right. Well, that's good to know. Mm. You think that's the root of it all? I do. And it has nothing to do with your heavy 26 pound bowling ball or anything bowling like that. Bowling is over. Bowling ended. Okay. Last night was the end of bowling. So you are still experiencing pain even though you haven't been bowling. All right. Well, yeah. I'll be curious to see how the new technique works. Yeah, please give us and a And what did you ask board. your Alexa this morning on your inversion table? Um, I didn't have time to ask Alexa, Jack, anything. All right. There was no hanging upside down for this girl. So that's right. All right. Listen, we come back. It's our story. We can't get enough. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday. And this Twins Home Opener. That's right. They're playing the Mariners. My mom's very excited. Three-night stand. She and Casey always have a standing $5 per game bet. Oh, I didn't know it was the Mariners. And Mariners. You know, they heat the field. Yeah. That's to how they were able to 70 degrees. So. That's how they were able to yep. get it shoveled off because they were shoveling. They were. I know they were. It's yeah. the only place with green grass right now, probably yeah. in the state of Minnesota. Probably. It's the Mariners' only visit. Oh, year. really? I think this is it. They only earn them one then time. Then the twins must be going there. Yes, eventually, yes. Okay, so uh, we thought we'd do TV uh, as our story we can't get enough of because at 3.30 we're talking to Nell Scoville, who, who's been in the TV writing in the Hollywood Boys Club, if you will, writing uh, for 30 years. And her book is called Just the Funny Parts and a Few Hard Truths About Sneaking Into the Hollywood Boys Club. But she's been involved in... Everything. Everything. Sabrina, she created Sabrina the Teenage Witch, NCIS, Murphy Brown, David coach. Letterman, Coach. I mean, just a gazillion. And she is um, in the same age uh, range as we are, Julia. So she, she came of her working life was starting, breaking in in your 20s in the 80s yeah. and going through and sort of, it was Being like the, the only f- woman in the writer's room. Well, kind of like the second wave after those first women kicked in the door in Our the moms. 70s. We yep. were the next group of women to get out there and just be working. And it was very right. male-dominated, uh, most Everywhere. of the businesses. So we're talking to her at 3.30, so we thought we'd do a little TV. And one of the things, I was kind of like... We talked about this just uh, lightly uh, about how Stranger Things is getting sued for plagiarism um, about their show and that it had been pitched to them with a show title. The Duffler Brothers are getting sued for plagiarism and creating Stranger Things. Yes, and it was called Montauk. So here's a report from the Today Show, and we did learn a few new things, and I know that the lawyer for the Duffer Brothers is saying it's completely meritless, but 
My antenna perked up after I, I want you guys, story. yeah, you yeah. be the judge, really. Mm-hmm. This morning, a new plot twist for Stranger Things. The creators, Matt and Ross Duffer, sued by a filmmaker who accuses the brothers of lifting concepts from his feature film script and his 2012 short film, Montauk. In a new lawsuit, Charlie Kessler claims he met the Duffer brothers in 2014 at the Tribeca Film Festival. At this party, the script, ideas, story, and film were discussed and presented to the Duffer brothers. The lawsuit claims they misappropriated, used, and exploited Kessler's concepts by producing the hit series Stranger Things without Kessler's permission and or without compensating him. When Netflix first announced the series in 2015, it was called Montauk. Star Gaten Matarazzo has previously linked the show to a lab in the eponymous New York town that has long been the subject of widespread conspiracy theories. There was like rumors of secret government spies like doing ex- human experiments to fight in the Cold War. Like, Missions, yeah. It's exactly what's happening in Stranger Things. And so it's based on that one government lab in Montauk, New York, which is a real place you can go visit, but you're not allowed in. In response to the suit, an attorney for the Duffer Brothers says Mr. Kessler's claim is completely meritless. He had no connection to the creation or development of Stranger Things. The Duffer Brothers have neither seen Mr. Kessler's short film nor discussed any project with him. This is just an attempt to profit from other people's creativity and hard work. Stranger Things is a famous 80s throwback show, drawing inspiration from movies like E.T., Firestarter and Stand By Me, proof that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. We reached out to an attorney representing Charlie Kessler. He did not respond to our repeated requests. Netflix also didn't respond to a request for comment. So we will see where it goes. They even yeah. had a thing of the show with the title guard card yeah. coming down saying Montauk. Montauk. Really? And this kid really? won a student film award for his mini movie on Montauk in the town of Montauk about this lab that has long been the source of this, the rumor and stuff about it. So he's a young guy and he says that he met them at the Tribeca Film Festival. And shared the idea with them. Shared the idea with them and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so I don't know, I have a feeling that they're they're, the lawyers are talking. Yes, about I, I think there's going to be a settling. settling. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to go to court with this. Do they? they don't want to go to court with this. And the yeah. fact that they had called it originally Montauk yeah. is by and, itself damning. And they show it in the same script, the neon script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Of Stranger Things. Yeah. So it really is. And, and that they say they never even met them. I, I mean, I, come on. I, I that I. I hope they're making plenty of money because Millie Bobby Brown and Winona Ryder are each getting paid two hundred fifty thousand per episode. Right. So they're making that yes, show is are. making money. It's been a huge. I wonder hit. if that would make you so mad. And we know that the oh, ripping off happens everywhere. It happened with our body perks. If you have a patent pending, it doesn't mean Jack doodly do. No, I know. It's yeah, not until you get your patent and you just get ripped off by every... I mean, it is a very real thing. And imagine, though, having being young and having an idea and did a short film and wanting to pitch it to someone, but first saying, hey, can you sign this non-disclosure first before I talk to you? Everybody be like, go away. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hayes. Hannah, Mitch Album, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? No one would want to sign it. But we had people do that when we were doing the nipple yeah. thing. We did ask people. We, we were did. so worried about rip, uh, and we and felt awkward us, about it. We totally felt awkward. But this guy, this he He's, only won, um, he was a student in mm-hmm. 2012 when he Alex won this. Uh, He's, yeah. yeah. He's not that old. He's probably like 25, 26. So anyway, I hope he gets his. Yes, I hope he gets something. That's terrible. He, the, he's from that town. It was his idea. It's long been rumored. Mm. How about mm. that? Okay. Um, Julia, your boyfriend, uh, Tim one? Gunn. Tim Gunn. Okay. Well, first of all, can we talk about him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was him, right? Yes, it was. Okay. Okay. So I've had to send. <laughs> Jason y- was very funny. Someone tried to get him to engage, and it was and this he- really Tim Gunn. He's like, I'm not going there. I believe Julia. Did he? <laughs> yes. Yes. On Twitter. Maybe he, he likes us again. <laughs> of course he does. I'm just teasing anyway. Of course he does. Okay, so after that text I sent to Tim Gunn yesterday, which might have sounded like I was trying to pick him up. Uh, kind of. <laughs> You're the most handsome, suave, debonair, charming man I've met in years. I didn't say years. Please let me know when you're in town again. Oh, God. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> so I said, so today now we crafted another one because I didn't hear back from my new best friend. He flew back to New York last I yesterday. I love how you're going to say that, Lori. Well, Our, then you've got the, the, the travel then from the airport into no, the I city. Am, he, he, I am nothing. I am a blip. So now okay, I've sent I'm back. A blip. <laughs> I am nothing. I was just nothing. And I know that. And I love how everyone lets you know you're nothing. Um, but he said, oh, I responded today now again. OMG, after reading the text I sent you. It sounds like I'm hitting on you. So not my intent. Sorry to come across bad. I, we have been such big fans for so long that I was just verklempt. Lovely. But I spelled it verklempt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He'll know what you mean. And I think he'll say it with the correct pronunciation, verklempt. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh but there his show is in jeopardy project Look, runway listen i retired that show in my mind seven years my ago. friend shannon still watches yeah, it and i did watch last season when they had the all it was an all-star yes. or something like that but then i faded out of it um but anyway it just it is a and e is reneging on his deal with the Weinstein company to air two more episodes. They because they produced it. They produced it. And because they're the Weinstein. Two more seasons. Yeah, the Weinstein Brothers company is in bankruptcy. And um, because Harvey was using Project Runway as a pipeline to aspiring models, everyone wants to wash their hands of Project yes. Runway. To use them for the sexual part and yes. then to use force people to wear his clothes, his wife's clothes. Yes. But let me just add one more thing here. They did something that made me not want to watch him too. They do these two minute updates. So it looks like you've got 30,000 recordings. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah. They do like a catch up thing. And so I go in there and I have like six recordings and I'm like, I'm so behind. Forget it. Yeah. But they were just two minute little blurbs. Bad strategy. Yeah, bad strategy. Overwhelming people in their DVR DVR. inbox. It's just, it's stressful. It is. I don't recommend it. All right, listen, we come back. Uh, Nell Scavell, we're talking to her from Hollywood about her book. 
We are so we have to say we loved your book so much because we love TV, we love pop culture. We it, it just it was our first time really getting a peek behind the scenes. We all seen we always talk about you know the actors right. and their process, but hearing from the writer's perspective, great book. It's so fun. Tell us, oh, can you give the setup of the book for kind of because it's separated in, into different you know four parts and stuff, and tell everybody kind of how it goes. Right, so I structured the book around a joke that was told to me uh, very early in my career. And it's the four stages of a Hollywood writer's career. I'll use my name to demonstrate. Okay. okay. Stage one, who is Nell Scovell? Stage two, get me Nell Scovell. Stage three, get me a younger, cheaper Nell Scovell. <laughs> and stage four, who is Nell Scovell? Right. It's so perfect. You, yeah. Now you could almost say that about a lot of given careers, couldn't you? Well, the book really is about every field. And it I is. think, you know, the things I went up against because of gender is, is true in any field. But the twist, by the way, at the end of Who is Nell Scovell is, you know, I was supposed to go back into obscurity, and it actually became this existential question of, who am I? What do I stand for? What What am I going to speak out about? Mm-hmm. And, and I think so. that was the part, too, that struck both Julie and I in reading it, because we both, you know, graduated from college in the, the 80s. 80s and then got into corporate America, and we were in the travel and hospitality in a very male-dominated male thing. And just uh, so, you know, the book goes between funny and serious, but it is just... It's just excellent. I can see why you've been writing for TV all these years. (laughs) Well, writing for TV is strangely both fun and not fun at the same time. And I compare it to being an oompa because from the outside, it looks like working in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory Mm -hmm. would be a blast. But, you know, it's not all chocolate waterfalls. Like, everyone has to clean up after the nut-testing squirrels. You know, in, in, <laughs> right, you, um, you know, just to name drop, you Some were... The shows. The Simpsons, Monk, Murphy Brown, uh, The Muppets, New Hearts. You created Sabrina. Sabrina. The Teenage I Witch. loved that show. Um, and and you, you talk about, you know, with other writers, when you're applying for jobs, what are the hours... You know, what were your two questions? What are the hours and what is the network I- input? I mean, things we would never think about before because really writers work crazy long hours. Well, I break every show down to the three P's, which are people, process, and product. And, and you hope that at least you'll enjoy the people you're working with if you're there for long hours. And you hope it's a good show, because, but they aren't all <laughs> good mm-hmm, shows. Right. 
Yeah. You know, and when, one strange thing is you work just as hard on a bad show as you do on a good show. And we do kind of find that because in some of your uh, uh, stories, you know, you talk about some of the shows that you worked on that, you know, got didn't canceled, yep. that, didn't, that didn't make it. I'm, I'm curious about um, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You were the creator and showrunner of that show. If you could share with us a story and also how you feel about the reboot that's coming. Oh, well, I'm excited about the reboot. Okay. I think um, I was a big Buffy fan, too, mm-hmm. so I feel like if it sounds like it's going to be sort of a combination of Sabrina and Buffy. Yep. And I came in, and, and there was already the comic book of right. Sabrina. Oh, I love that um, comic book. And, you know, it had a talking cat, so that was pretty hard <laughs> to screw up. Um, and and I think the what was fun about it was you could run all those typical TGIF high school stories through the magical blender. So Sabrina needs a date to the prom. You know, how do you solve that problem in the world of magic? Well, the ants bring out the Mando, and they create a man for her, <laughs> who turned out to be Brian Austin Green, actually. Right. Right. <laughs> I love that. And Carolyn Ray was on the show with you, and um, it was She's great. Well, oh, she is so funny in her bones. Yeah. She said something funny to, to us once that it was hysterical, but I'm, I'm digressing. But you also talk about, because you were on, you created the show, you started the show, but you only did it for one season. Right. There, um, well, I tell this sad story in the book about <laughs> this writer who was on staff who died right in the middle right. of me trying to decide whether to go back or not. And I... It's true. If you see a friend taken out of a of a apartment in a body bag, you will decide to spend more time at home with the people you love. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the hours were nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I do. I did love that show. It's yeah. a great show. Yeah, and it's, you you know I like you really. Okay, some of the people who've blurbed your books. John Oliver, Bette Midler, Jeffrey Tubin, George Lucas, that George Lucas, Samantha B, Larry Wilmore, uh, 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 Elf Brooks, Albert, Albert Brooks. Brooks. Oh, oh gosh. God, lost America. I mean, you, you do you know everyone in Hollywood now? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Um, well, yeah, I've been there a long time, mm-hmm. and and Albert Brooks has become a. a you know, just a great friend, and I tell this funny story where I meet him because my kid comes back from the summer camp and is telling me about this hilarious kid he met, and he said, Dad is a director. His name is Alfred Brooks. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Albert Brooks? And he went, yes, and I was like, get the name of that, get the phone number of that kid tomorrow. <laughs> right? It's funny, you know, um, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Nell Scoval. Scoval, just the funny parts. It's the few hard truths about sneaking into the Hollywood Boys Club. And one of the things that we, I guess, didn't know the pressure on a showrunner because you quoted um, Mitch Hurwitz, the creator of Arrested Development, who likened being a showrunner to piloting an airplane while the passengers throw rocks at your head. Is it that intense? It is. And it's crazy because you just want to shout at them, if I go down, we all go down. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my. My friend Liz Friedman described 
running a show as getting beaten to death with your own dream. Oh, yikes. <laughs> do you ever want to do another show? Run another yes. show? Do you have an idea? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I wrote a pilot this year. It didn't go forward, but I, yeah. Yeah, you're, well, you're always writing. I mean, your words have come out of the mouths of President Barack Obama, David Letterman, Homer Simpson, Sheryl Sandberg, and Kermit the Frog. I mean, that's like a lot of different mm-hmm. people that you've written for. Talk well, to us about... Go ahead. about the biggest star of all? Who? Miss Piggy. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Yes, Miss Piggy. So, the greatest. Uh, now, talk to us about how uh, you came to work with Sheryl Sandberg on Lean In, and I'm wondering who's giving her PR, PR advice right now, because I'm telling you, Facebook is blowing it with their, uh, what, what's going on. My gosh, their silence is terrible. Oh, I think, uh, uh, I, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Um, but... So I, in 2009, I write this piece for Vanity Fair about sexual harassment and favoritism at the Letterman show. Mm-hmm. And I have been only the second woman to write on that show. And so I write this piece after Dave goes on the air and admits that he's had sex with women he works with. About a year later in 2010, Sheryl Sandberg gives this TED Talk called Why We Have So Few Women Leaders. And it's amazing. And we have a mutual friend who I've reconnected with on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yes. And he writes me one day and said, have you seen Cheryl's TED Talk? Have you? And I said, seen it. I memorized it. Because I just, it really was eye-opening to yeah, me. Yeah, right? it, it was. Yeah. It really was. So he put us together. She was working on a speech for Annapolis, the Naval Academy. And she had her whole outline, but, you know, she's running Facebook. She has two little kids. So she sent it to me to, you know, expand. And um, in the book, I screen snapped the the snippet that says, tell women to lean in. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time she used uh, that phrase. I love it now. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. Yeah, it is. And because that has become like, you know, that's. And when, a, a, it's a phrase that now, like, sort of uh, people just use all the time. Right. And we always attribute it to her. But damn it, we should be saying it's Nelson Scovelli. No, it is. No, no, no. It was <laughs> I her know. phrase. It and, was and, her uh, phrase. Okay. You just no, picked also, up on it. Someone came to me recently and said, what did we say before Lean In? Yeah. And I said, well, before Lean In, we were embarrassed about being ambitious and yeah. asking for more. That's true. That is so true. Yeah. Um, did you work with Graydon Carter at Spy Magazine? Because you were um, the first staff writer hired at Spy Magazine. I'm just curious. I did. Yeah, both Graydon and Kurt Anderson. And, in fact, I tell the story. Um, I They paid me so little at Spy that I babysat for Graydon's kids. <laughs> okay, that's weekend. funny. <laughs> Talk that's... about a gig economy. Oh, that's I'm... funny. And, and I just think there's such a poignant point, and we're just talking about you brought up sexual favoritism and, and about how David Letterman and all the late-night shows would only hire men writers. Um, and then you're just... I, I mean, has it gotten any better? I know if we follow you on Twitter and... Yeah, you start, you know, tell a woman she's funny, but I mean, there is that thing, like I think you write it in the book where Gary Shandling, you know, is like kind of amazed that, and says to you, you write like a guy. Like, what does that even mean? Oh, well, I you know, think it but, means you write hard jokes. Okay. I think that back then the idea was 
guys write jokes that make you laugh out loud, and mm -hmm. women write jokes that make you go, hmm. Okay. And, uh, of course, that's not true. Yeah. And I believe what Kurt Vonnegut boiled down to seven words, which is, some people are funny, some are not. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that <laughs> that's a good Oh, it is such a treat meeting you. Nell, is, uh, are people loving the book? I mean, are you still out on a book tour? Or are you just sticking home to Hollywood and just uh, doing your writing? No, and no, I'm in New York right now. You are? Right? I'm doing an event with my old pal, Jeff Tubin. And back in the day in college, Jeff was sports editor of the paper, and I was associate sports editor. So we're going to talk about um, how everything I learned, I learned from sports writing. Yeah, and both of you are such ex excellent writers because we've read his books, too. Yes, we have. He's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, it is wonderful to meet you. What's the last great book that you read? Oh, Ready Player One. Okay, it's amazing. Oh. Oh, the one that just made it to a movie. Yeah. Yeah, but the books, read the book. I thought, now I don't want to see the movie. I just want to read the book again. Okay. okay. All right, that's oh, good. good now, wonderful to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, that's Nell Scavell. The book is just the funny parts. If you want to see how the sausage is made in pop culture mm -hmm. TV, it's just, it's very inside We've never juicy. Heard from that side of it before. I no, really we have not. I enjoyed this book and I read it, people. I know. Julia, word. Word. We've got two copies to give away. Give us a buzz at 651 641 1071. Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday. We're here, we're happy it's Thursday. We hope that the weather reports that are... Are, are, all gonna, are all off, that they're going to be yes. wrong. Everything's wrong. Be wrong. Okay. And it's going to be 80 so degrees and sunny. That's, <laughs> right. what, that's our vision for this weekend. We're going to be running around wearing our little crop tops and hip yeah. shorts. Then don't ask me about Sunday then. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Just I don't. can't. I can't. Yeah. yeah. I, Julia, I remember. Uh, I just remember. I remember the 21st mere, day of September. Yeah, yeah. A year, a, a mere three months ago, and I'm like, Casey, we're going Thank to you, Mexico the first that. week yeah. of Mexico. And he goes, no, yeah. we're not. And I'm like, I'm never listening to you again. No, it's this April is always a little, always iffy. It's the mud month. It's and the month of no hope. Is that it? Yeah. Come on, we can't go there. We can't go there. Okay, everybody, pull up a bar stool. Let's have a little vintage gossip, okay? Please. We've got two stories for okay. the young ones that you just have to pull up a stool to enjoy this. You're going to need some backstory. I'm ready to listen. So, and I'm um, taking good notes. Kathleen Turner, oh, yes. in the early 80s, one of the most sultry, oh. gorgeous... What was the name yeah. of the movie? Body, Body Heat. 1981. Yeah. Still holds up. Oh. Uh, if you need to... Have a hot mm -hmm. adult movie. Yeah. And that was one. Yeah. And William Hurt was in it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then three years later, her career was cemented with iconic movie star status because she was in Romancing, Romancing the, the Stone, Stone with yes. Michael Douglas and That's Danny and the follow up. Yes. And the follow up to the Nile. Yeah. So mm -hmm. here's the story. So this okay. was an interview that she gave. Um, uh, across the pond. Okay. And she spoke candidly about 
a couple of things involving Michael Douglas. Oh, dear. She said during Romancing the Stone, which again, if that movie's ever on, I will watch it. I will too. I love that movie. That one doesn't come on enough. It doesn't. It it will be on uh, Turner Classic Movies sometimes. Okay. You know. um, I love that movie. I love that movie too. It's so, it's such a great rom-com. Yeah. It's just a mad, it's, it's amazing. So she said when they made that movie, they had wild chemistry yes. and we Ooh. see that in the film oh uh, yeah yeah we do and she they fell hard for one another on the set and she said we just had a wild crush on each other at the time i was unattached he and was michael married. was separated oh. from deandra right so i thought this was a go we were in the process of falling in love fervent longing looks Heavy, you know what I'm saying? Flirtation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then Deandra came down, and I think they filmed this in Mexico, yeah. to the movie set and reminded me he was still married. And they had been married six years at the point. We were in a hotel in Valencia having dinner when Deandra showed up. That gave her a chance to say in front of me, in front of Michael, mm-hmm. you know we're still married and I have no intention of ending it. Wow. I thought, that's that. The last thing I do to another woman is interfere in that. I felt sick because it was so thrilling to be falling in love. And I felt like I'd been kicked in the stomach. Yeah. And then she goes on to say, but in truth, Michael Douglas was a misogynist. We had lunch not long ago and he may be different now, but I don't think he would have liked me finding my power as his wife. So you know it's probably a good thing. So that that's surprise. how serious yeah. so that they wow. were. Wow. And also the fact that I, I I read in between the lines on all of that that he indicated that things were basically over sure. between him and Deandra. Yeah. That he they were it was just all but signing the paperwork. Right. You know, so he's a guy. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's a guy. And didn't he have yeah. a sex addiction? Didn't he say something about a sex addiction? That was one? another time to save okay. his marriage That's through DeAndre yeah. with when he got involved yeah. with another love affair yes. with a co-star. Yes. Um, and she and Michael, um, uh, Kathleen Turner is 63. Mm-hmm. And Michael Douglas is 73. And he's, of course, married to Catherine Zeta-Jones. But, you know, he married Catherine Zeta-Jones when he was more settled down and in his 50s. Sure. And they remained uh, friends, but they did fall out. They did have a falling out, so the breakup thing, you know. I wonder what point the movie was done when when she came down. Probably towards the end is just what mm-hmm. I'm thinking because the chemistry on that is just so amazing. It's so amazing. And um, but they fell out over the sequel, The Jewel of the Nile. <gasps> she hated the script so much. Okay. The producers, including Michael Douglas, changed the screenwriters without telling her, and she threatened to pull out, and that earned her a twenty-five dollar million breach of contract suit. Wait. She refused to give in. And as a compromise, Douglas rehired the screenwriter on the original film, Romancing the Stone, and the movie went ahead. She said that was real betrayal because Michael had recorded some of my phone calls from him, which I thought was a low blow. Well, that totally is. And But she did, you know, they later would appear on screen again in The War of the Roses in yeah, 1989. Right. Oh, I hated that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that really? was one, oh, I hated, I hated that, that movie. movie. There, I did there too. Was no because point. of the subject matter? No, yeah, it's just, so there, was, 
There was yeah. no point. Who wants yeah. to see a couple who hates each other and is getting divorced? I, if, we want, if, if I wanted to do that, I could close my eyes and remember my parents' breakup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I mean, said. seriously, you know, I hated right. that movie. I There's too. no reason for it. Okay. And it was kind of like a very big disappointment yeah. because those two had such incredible chemistry yeah, in the first two yes, movies. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So anyway, and of course, Kathleen Turner, you know, I don't know what happened to her that her career, well, you know, didn't go anywhere. But, you know, she was in her 30s and who knows, back then, uh, a Hollywood actress, you were over the hill at 38. Yeah, well, don't forget, Peggy Sue got married. Well, she was, yeah, in she was, she was in also that. in yeah. The Accidental Tourist. I know, yeah. but it, it was the 80s that was Pretty sort of her peak. Yeah. I know, yeah. the 80s was her peak. And in her 40s, she went on to acclaim with stage actor. Right. Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, the mm-hmm. graduate. And she became very, she was very popular as Chandler Bing's drag queen father, Charles, That's also right. known as Helena Handbasket yeah, right. on Friends. Friends. You're right. And um, so anyway. She got something. Didn't she have a rare form of arthritis or no, something? No, she has rheumatoid arthritis, arthritis that, that she it. takes uh, steroids, steroids for. Right. That's why her face is so puffy. Because she was mm-hmm. in the studio talking about that with us. And um, yes. Yeah, she's something. Yeah. Anyway, so that's just a little vintage uh, gossip. I, and uh, I want to see that movie again now. I loved that movie. Yes, everybody. And, and I, I am wondering what is going on. This is not that vintage gossip. It's only three weeks old of vintage gossip. But Colin Firth and his wife, Livia, and the Italian journalist, the paparazzo. I'm looking nothing. it up right now. We've heard no. nothing. Oh, no. I'm she gonna... had an affair with a man that was their mutual friend. And then he she, took her back. And then she had to tell her husband about it because he got a letter they and a bunch of photos. They the affair and have a solid relationship. You're right. Nothing's been printed since, uh, since March 12th Yeah, People Magazine. Yeah. That's all right, then. Yeah, I know. I know. How our it, best it was like the, became it was, our stalker. It was like the next plot line from now. What Bridget Jones? You know. Oh, yeah. I love. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. So. I know. Anywho, all right. Well, there you go. When we come back, oh my they gosh, they were at Art Basel in Switzerland. So they've been okay. out together now. All right, that's good. Mm-hmm. We come back. Uh, we do have some royal news, including why did Prince Charles, quote unquote, swear live on TV across the pond?